Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast. Paul and Andrew are here tonight. Uh, tonight, I don't know where you're at. Maybe you listen to this in the morning. But we are here, and we are bringing you the latest up-to-date. The best damn Ohio podcast that you can get your hands on. Slash yours. You heard it That's here. That's where we are. You heard it here. Tur- turkey killer, coyote killer, boar killer. Oh, well, I guess no, no turkeys for you. Four killer, coyote killer, Andrew Munts, back home from your Western swing, man. Yeah, it was quite the trip, and uh, I guess we'll get into that here in a second. Part of, I mean, the main part of our show is going to be talking about that. Um, actually, the the show we recorded down at camp uh, in Oklahoma. So I will save some of those details, but we'll get into that here in a minute. Uh, let's see. You want to hit the sponsors real quick, Paul? Yeah, man. Time to go wild.com. Thanks to those guys for the support of our show. Wonderful social school, uh, community platform based around hunters and anglers in this country. Andrew, uh, time to go wild.com. Download it on Apple and or Android. Uh, find us on there. Search O2, search Paul Campbell. A ton of cool pictures up right now. A ton of people talking about turkey season, all sorts of stuff going on. So, uh, go wild. You've heard us talk about them. I'm I'm amazed at the number of O2 podcast listeners that reach out to me on Go Wild. It's every awesome. every week. Yeah, it really is. It really is great. Thanks so much uh, for doing that. It means uh, means the world to us. So download it. And then it's pretty soon here on Go Wild. They do have their shopping application. You'll be able to find X Vision. So another one of our partners. And Xvision is the thermal night vision optics group, uh, xvisionoptics.com. But and binoculars. And binoculars. And regular stuff. Yep. Yeah. All kinds of stuff there. Um, we'll talk more about it, but my, I just got back from that trip and use that thermal for some of the most off the wall. I don't want to say off the wall. It sounds bad. Um, n- new to me. It was new to me hunting, right? Uh, hunting literally all night long. Literally. All night long. Something that was never, I never crossed my mind before, but uh, I did it a couple times and it was awesome. Not yeah. not possible without having that, that TS-200 scope and being able to see what was out in front of you in, in the fields. And So uh, when you were, when you were out there, what, uh, what'd you gear up in first light wise? Uh, Cause it was warm. Yeah. But then it would get cool when the sun goes down, I'm sure. So first, well, likewise, I, I when I was in Missouri, it got cold. That night, it got cold. Um, so I started off super comfortable. I think I had my Origin hoodie on. I had my and then my Catalyst system. Um, by the end of the night, it it was chilly. That was a little bit of a tough one. I probably could have layered, take another layer with me, if I was smart. But I never think that far ahead. I also had no idea I was going to be out till four o'clock in the morning hunting. Um, but uh, so 
that did get a little chilly, but for the you know ninety percent of that hunt, it was completely comfortable. We were a lot of in and out of the truck, so it was uh, durable and um, you know just flexes and all that kind of stuff. So to, totally on board with that. That was great. Uh, camo didn't really matter out there, Paul, but you'd be happy to hear I was wearing my Spectre. So yeah, boy. And you were also shooting an uh, a beautiful. AR-10 that you purchased where, Andrew? From Midwest Gunworks. So Cameron, oh, us. Cameron and the boys helped us there uh, to get set up with 6.5 Creedmoor Adams Arms AR-10. Man, that thing shot like a dream. Um, I've never been a great shooter. Uh, I think I overthink things. I know I overthink things, and I tend to, I don't know, probably lose accuracy, trigger happy, whatever. It's just the way of my life is. But... With that gun, I was more accurate than any other gun I've shot. So, um, shout out to Cameron and the boys for getting us lined up with that. Midwestgunworks.com, um, okay. Ohio Outdoors 5. Save yourself 5% off of the purchase of gun, ammo, all sorts of crazy stuff on there. Parts, everything. Yes, sir. And then... I need to get... Oh, what's that? See, I need to get, I need to get an AR-10 like you got. Come on. Come on, we'll yeah. talk about that. I need to do it. Cameron, if you're listening, let's talk. The, uh, finally, we've got HalfRack, Half-Rack.com, and we appreciate those guys and all their support. They got that, oh, what is it called, the Hunter Hanger System? Yep, Hunter Hanger System. Just hung one. i got to put mine up. I've got them downstairs. I'm just trying to find like the perfect spot to hang my archery equipment from. I hung my bow today from it. So as I was unpacking from the trip, I pulled that Hunter Hanger out and screwed it in the wall. Super easy. Very classy looking. So uh, lots of other great stuff from those guys. And we look forward to bringing you more information from them. So very good. All right. So let's hit a couple news items real quick, Paul. We got man construction to begin at the Delaware wildlife area shooting range. So real quick, they are going to be updating and, and um, some of the safety baffles and target positions for their 100 yard lanes up there in Delaware. So that's look, a cool, that's a nice facility. If you, if you listen and you haven't been up there, check it out. It's beautiful. So it's going to change some of the hours, um, starting April 12th. And this is going to last up for about 12 weeks. Let's see the new schedule for the wildlife, Delaware wildlife area shooting range during the construction period. It'll be open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, nine to five. Um, the 100 yard range will remain closed. The looks like the whole range itself will be closed Monday through Thursday. And that includes all shotgun rifle and pistol ranges. The archery range will remain open daily from sunrise to sunset. We've got a couple new wildlife officers. So Caitlin Perry of Athens has been assigned to Noble County. Yeah. So congratulations to Caitlin and then we've got Officer Nick Oliver of Delaware has been assigned to Champaign County. So he'll be moving out that way. Um, congratulations to you. We've got Ohio State Forest Bridal Trails and APV areas are reopening in April. Um, looks like the Bridal Trails reopened on April 1st and the APV areas will reopen on April 7th. So go ahead and check those out. Make sure you, if you want more information, check out ODNR's website. 
This is one, Paul, I think I can actually relate to pretty heavily. Lake Erie continues to have a historic run of excellent fishing. So we talked about this on our show. Um, I, I think we did. But basically, that, or I know we wrote articles about it, right, uh, for Go Wild. But the, the walleye fishing, yeah. The yeah, walleye fishing phenomenal has there. been unbelievable. Uh, the perch is stable, but the walleye is on fire right now and it looks like it's going to keep going so this is something to take into consideration as it's what april 3rd today we are getting closer to the summer days it was nice out today it makes you think about it take a look at booking a charter um this this summer get a couple guys gals whatever go up to the lake there's great charters up there find a place to a captain to take you out and enjoy a few hours out on the water um, it might be better now than it's ever been uh, for the walleye fishing. Yeah, definitely. I can't wait to get up there uh, and, and do some more walleye fishing this summer. Well, I had a blast the, the two or three times that I was able to go out last year, caught some, some huge smallmouth uh, also. So, man, Lake Erie, is it is a true treat uh, for, for Ohio outdoor uh, anglers. Absolutely. So, uh, finally, we've got some impressive pups graduating from the ODNR Canine Academy. A group of dogs ready to go to work. And let's see here. Five pups endured more than 300 hours of training to meet certification standards set by the Ohio Peace Office Training Commission. Um, we've got a little picture here. The cl- graduating class includes Ember, a one-year-old Dutch shepherd who will join ODNR Natural Resource Officer Jeremy Berger in patrolling state parks in Northwest Ohio. So, Paul, I don't. You have you ever had a dog? I know you don't have a dog now, but have you ever had a dog? Yes. All right, three hundred hours of training. I can't get my dog to pay attention for thirty seconds, let alone three. So that's that's not even the hours. obedience training. That's just the like. The job training that that dog has to go through—that's insane. Uh, yeah, that I is. couldn't even do three hundred dollars of the training, <laughs> right? Oh man, hold on a second. I gotta figure it out. Yeah, man, that's like twelve and a half days. Twelve, <laughs> 12 and a half days of training. Straight. Is that through. what it is? That's what it comes uh, up to be. Good job. Did did do they have the names of the dogs in the article? Uh, just Ember. Ember, okay. The other four, they didn't. Okay. You know, if I, if I was naming a dog, it was gonna be a cop dog. I would name it like Biscuit or something like that, so that when some dude's like running through, you know, the woods after poaching a bunch of deer, I'm like, get him, Biscuit. Oh, I, I just want I want that guy to be like, did he just say biscuit? <laughs> and then just biscuit just mauls his ass. And he goes to prison. And they're like, which officer got you? Biscuit. Oh, like, oh biscuit. That's mean. Some bitch right there. He got me too, man. He got me too. <laughs> oh God. So. Oh, biscuit cop dog. If you, uh, if you're listening and you know of a cop dog named biscuit or buttercup or something like that, please let us know. Tag us in social media posts. Yes. Um, speaking of that, I, I did want to give one shout out to Brandon Allen, or maybe it's Alan Brandon, or maybe that's not his name at all, but he gave us a very nice review in which he learned about us on Go Wild. So shout oh, out thanks, to you, Brandon. Man. Brandon, thanks for listening. Yep. Appreciate it. So Paul, have you yeah, been, man. been up to anything out, out in the great of outdoors? Um, 
You know what? No, I'm I'm leaving for Alabama uh, Easter night, so that'll be fun. Going to a little turkey hunt down there, um, just for like two days. That'll be a quick quick turnaround. We go down. Parker McDonald and I are going to meet up. That'll be awesome. Do some, yeah, man. Do some hunting with the Woodhaven fellas. So, uh, I don't know, man. I you have I've just been working and recovering. I was sick as a dog for like uh, as soon as I got back, I was sick. I was miserable. So, yeah. But as far as I haven't done anything, I went, you know, hiking with the family the other day. We went to Lobdell Reserve in Alexandria. So that was pretty, that was pretty neat. But yeah, man, hunting wise or scouting wise, no, I haven't. I haven't done anything. So I'm just ready to to get back after turkey hunting. So it's tough. Life gets in the way sometimes of the fun, you know? It does, man. And, you know, it's, it's uh, like with deer season, it's such a long season, you know? If you're if you're a bow hunter, it starts September and runs all the way to freaking February. But turkey season, like if you're if you're just hunting Ohio, which I've only just started hunting other states in the last you know handful of years, regularly hunting other states. Um, it's just a short season; it's four weeks, and you want to maximize those four weeks. So, yep, got to get what yeah, you man. Yeah, and and there were times when I was on the golf course, or you know, I, I would be turkey hunting. My phone, I look at my phone. There's forty phone calls. It's just like. Why, why don't I even try? Right. So totally get that. Oh yeah. Yeah, you do. So, so no, man, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to ours. I mean, dude, we're it's April, man. We are what? 19 days. Yep. From, from opener of, of, you know, here, here in Ohio. So man, I couldn't, I, I can't tell you how excited I am for that. So I didn't get any of the draws. So whatever. Um, Neither did I. Yeah. It's a couple buddies got some, so that's, that's cool. Hopefully if you're, if you're listening, um, you got some, man. I really, I really hope some, some, some of our listeners got some. So, you know, looking forward to it. Check, check out my How to Hunt Turkeys podcast. Shameless plug. If you want to, uh, hear some really cool turkey talk. You want to know, uh, who pulled a Lake Lasu in? Who? Our old buddy, the Slayer of the Northwest. Oh, B Hall, Gage Hall, Gage Hall. Oh, Gage, I got on expense <laughs> for you, buddy. You just let me know where you're at. He's ready. So yeah, what a place. All right. Yep. So today, let me, let's just talk about this real quick. Our episode this week is coming from the Oklahoma camp and John Hudspeth, our buddy down there invited some of us down to do some, some hog hunting. And you'll hear all about that. Uh, specifically the Oklahoma side of things. It was great. Uh, the part you don't hear about. So we were down there. Basically, I think I got down there Thursday. We went out, scouted, and basically took a look at the whole property, which is really cool. Um, it was like an 1,100-acre cattle ranch, working cattle ranch, which added a whole nother, like level of, I don't want to say difficulty, just different d- dynamic. Because as you're scrolling like throughout the night, um, you're seeing cows and calves, all these these cows have just had calves so they're smaller calves and you're trying to decide is that like a pig is that a calf is that a coyote like what are we looking at here uh through through the thermal but i will say the x-vision optics like there was a couple times where i had to really like they were far off i had to really pay attention to what i was always paying attention but really had to stop and a couple extra seconds yeah like what is what are we looking at here but outside of that i mean it was uh, that was really awesome. But you no. don't hear about Saturday night because the recording we did Saturday midday. 
and here's here's what happened Saturday night. Andrew goes out to his blind spot, gets dropped off, and I as we were going out, my stomach had kind of been like cramping a little bit, and I wasn't really quite sure what it was, but it was about eighty some eighty two degrees on there, so it was warm inside a blind. You didn't really want to have the windows too open because you don't the pigs can smell you pretty well. Um, but <laughs> I ended up losing my lunch. Uh, I think I got food poisoning out of the side of the blind or something. Yes. All of a sudden, I did not care about any scent, smell, vision, you know, vision, anything. I didn't care because I, I was sick. Uh, so my night got cut way short. I ended up going back. I I was going to try to stick it out till dark. And eventually I had to call John and say, hey, man, I got to get out of here. And we didn't even get off the property. And I was back on the side of the road tossing cookies. So um, that wasn't really a fun way to end the trip. And then trying to, uh. you know get comfortable and I end up sleeping on the floor dry heaving all night just to get up at like five, six o'clock AM, get going out the door, back come back home. Man, what a rough turnaround. That was not the highlight of the trip. So yeah. Uh, but that night, Nick Otto from the Huntivore podcast, he did take a nice bore. So that was uh exciting for him. And then uh yeah, I didn't I got to see it hanging from the tree when I left the next morning, but I uh, didn't really get to partake in any of that fun stuff. So congratulations, Nick. Um, you'll hear about the rest of the the, the Friday night, which um, was really, it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. And Dan Matthews came down and joined us. And, oh, we ran around and, I don't know, threw some lead at some pigs. And we got a few. And the whole thing was just amazing. The pigs are so... And I think we talk about this in the in the podcast, but anybody who is, is from the north or if you've not experienced those pigs, they are unbelievable and destructive and aggressive and everywhere. And just that is out of control, man. And there is, uh, you know, somebody that's running a ranch like this. He's at the mercy uh, of these things. And to have a few. I mean, guys, John's put pictures up on Instagram where there's like 75 pigs in a feeder. When Dan Matthews had him come into his his blind the first night or that night, and it was like a stampede of them coming out of the woods. And he kept telling us, "I can hear him in the woods. I can hear him in the woods." And uh, at, you know, as we we're sitting there in the blinds, and then it was his video. Like all of a sudden, they just decided to descend on this feeder, and it it was almost frightening. Um, just not something that we see in Ohio, right? So yeah, that was interesting. But let's talk. I want to talk about the Missouri hunt. So on my way down, I stopped down and met up with Andy and Micah and Nate from the Missouri Woods and Water podcast, and those guys were gracious enough to take me out uh, for an evening of coyote hunting, which you don't really have to twist their arm because that's their thing, man, and those guys are very good at it. Um, They had some really great connections around, I don't know if it was the county or kind of the area for properties to go out and call dogs. I had no idea what to expect. Um... Micah let me borrow his suppressor, so that was uh, that was cool. It was the first time I was ever really shooting a suppressed gun, and it made a world of a difference in the whole big scheme of things. Um, but it was Micah, Andy, and Nate, and I. Nate came down. He'd all all the way from Chicago. He had a uh, work meeting, drove like nine hours, got there right in time to go. Hops in the truck, away we go, and. Um, 
the whole thing is really we we left Andy's house. He was gracious, fed us this big steak dinner. I was almost ready to fall asleep uh, after that because my belly was full. But we stop at Casey's General Store, which is uh, you know Missouri, Illinois type thing. We got a few of them running around Ohio, but the uh, we had to caffeinate up, and I wasn't quite sure what to do. But I got a big coffee because that's my thing, and uh, I needed every every ounce of it. And we went out to the first property and they told me going into it like we're not going to probably see a ton of dogs because they're about they're all den they're denning they're denned up because they're about to have their pups so there's just not as much activity but in missouri there is a thermal season or a night hunting season um that went until april 1st so they were like let's go you know, it's it might not be the best time, but our season's almost up, basically. So we went out, called for at the first property, nothing. Uh, I think we went to the second property, nothing. I don't remember how many properties we went to until we came upon our first dogs. Now, we started hearing them as the night went on. They got louder and louder. Uh, and, and, and all of this is such a weird dynamic to me. A, going out at dark and getting home at dawn is is way different than normal hunting, right? So when you go out for deer, it's the other way around. Um, yeah, one of the other things, like Andy said, he he's killed almost 50 dogs this year. And one of their other buddies was over 100. And I'm sitting there thinking, man, if there's they've killed 150 dogs, then... That's crazy. That's incredible. There can't be that many left, right? Nope. That place was loaded. And there might have been more coyotes down in, in Oklahoma, to be honest with you. But they're still, they were out there howling and howling, and you'd see them, and, and they were everywhere. But we, I don't know which, how long we were at it. Honestly, I, I thought maybe we'd be at like three or four properties for um for the night. And I kind of thought maybe we'd be done by midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Nope. We just kept going, man. And he kept going to the next spot, next spot. He had all these permissions. And sorry, Andy, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell that, say that, but it's what we did. And we get to this one field. We pull up. We get out of the truck. We go walking into the field. And now this whole time they're scanning. And these boys, man, they've got setups. Um, if anybody, if your wife is listening, you might want to turn this off real quick. We're talking like $10,000 setups. Okay, they if you add in a gun, the tripods, the thermal, the suppressors, all this kind of stuff, unreal. Um, and I thought bow hunting was expensive, right? To get your bow where you need to be, not like coyote hunting. Um, so the whole time, like you walk up to the field, I'll try to run you through what this looked like. Nate had, I think Nate had a scanner. But then everybody else, and Micah had one too, uh, everybody else had their, you know, I had my scope up, and we're just kind of like looking across the field. Is there anything out there right off the bat? And because it's dark, they can't see you, and you can kind of creep up along the side of the the, the way. So you'd, if you didn't see anything initially, and, you know, the fields are kind of hilly and wavy, so you got to walk, you know, 50 yards, scan again, walk up 50 yards, scan again, and then... We got up to the one field, and there was two dogs out in the middle. So we kind of got set up, uh, or maybe there's just one out there, and they start hitting the calls. And now they've got the call box um, 
I, I have a call box, but I don't really know what to do with it. So I was trying to pay attention to what they were using. And, you know, there's like animals in distress. There's young pup calls. There's aggressive barks and howls and all this different stuff. And they kind of had a formula of what they were going to run through to try to make, you know, get these dogs to react. Uh, I still can't tell you what it was. But we get out to this field where you can see the dog out there. They start, you know, I don't know, say rabbit distress, something like that. It's not doing anything, not really doing anything. Then we see a couple other ones off in the distance. They start hitting something more, much more aggressive. It was a real aggressive, like, you know, just a herd of banshees going off. And something triggered those two dogs to just come running in. And it was like they were out there mousing or screwing around with each other. Next thing you know, they're coming hard. And it's so what an adrenaline rush when all of a sudden these things basically like stop and look at you and just start bolting right in your direction and you're watching fast real fast it's completely dark out but when you put your eye up to that scope and you can see them coming it's like oh boy here it comes right so these two dogs are coming running in and i'm going to try to put some of these clips up on go wild or uh, you know instagram or something but these two dogs are running in and I'm watching them, watching them. I, then I kind of lose them in one of these like little dips in the field. And the whole time along, there's three of us in a line. You have to be real careful about how you're swinging and all that kind of stuff, which you're basically in constant communication with everybody around you. Um, I was going to take the one on the right because I was on the far right. Right. And these guys wanted me to get a dog, but they're coming in, coming in. Then you kind of disappear. And then all of a sudden, Andy's like, 130 yards to the right. Andrew, get him. And I swing my gun over, and here's this dog just sitting there 130 yards away, right? Like, basically watching. He doesn't, coyote, not yeah. dog, coyote. coyote. Just so we're clear Sorry. to the people listening. Dog. Coyote. Yeah, coyote. <laughs> there's a coyote sitting right, right there. So I scroll over to him. I'm like, oh, man, he is, like, right there. Now, looking through the thermal... I think that you can get range finder accessories added onto it or whatever. I didn't ha- I don't think I had that either that or I wasn't smart enough to figure it out. Um, but I, I like, here we go. Boom. Down goes the dog. Coyote. Down goes the coyote. Sorry. And my heart, like I was just, I was ecstatic, man. Oh, that was incredible. But then the other thing is you still got these other two out here running around. So then one of them ends up sitting down again and I think Nate let off after that one. And so through the thermal, I can see the dirt hit the ground, right? Psh, throws up. And uh, I almost got a shot at that one, but he ended up taking up. That field, I think, ended up having four or five different coyotes out there uh, that we threw some lead at and then decided that it was time to move on. But even at that, as we were walking out, there's still a pack of them howling off in the woods on the on the far field line. So, I mean, if we'd really wanted to, maybe we could have called him back in, but whatever. Um, as we went on, we had a couple other encounters, no shots. Uh, and then there's one point real late in the night. And I think it's probably about 2.45, 3 o'clock at this point. We're sitting at one property and we hear dogs. I'm, I don't know if directionally this is right, but dogs to the south, or coyotes to the south, coyotes to the north. Basically, bo- they both sounded they're about a half mile away. Or at least in my brain. So we, we look at each other like, okay, where, which direction do you want to go? North or south? So we went up up the road. 
to the next property um, to the north. We sat there kind of in this swale. Um, and they were calling and calling and calling and hitting that same aggressive thing, trying to see what we get. I kid you not. Of course, this is how it works. I don't know. We were, maybe we were there for a half hour. I turned and I looked at Nate. And I said, well, you ready to call tonight? At that point, I was freezing. And as soon as I said that, Micah goes, there's a coyote up on the hill. And I nice. we all look over to the right, and this one had just peeked over the top. And you can see his white hair. I had the white hot on. Um, it peeks over the top and continues to come down and like work his way around. He's kind of like circling downwind of this call. And he gets eventually gets stopped. And the, the amount of time that you have, it's it's incredible. If you go back and watch a video, it's like he stops. And I, I remember it in the in the moment. Nate's like, all right, here we go. Three, two, one. Boom. And we dropped him another 150 yard shot or so. And he had multiple gunshots in him when we got up to him. But uh, so there are a couple of us hit him and yeah, smoke show, man. So we ended up with two coyotes and I don't, you know, I don't know enough about them, but those guys were examining kind of their teeth and stuff for age. And they said both of these were very, very old males and looking at the teeth, they're gross, man. Like, they're, they're all whittled down, down. They're whittled down, rotten. Like they, they look like they've been fighting for, for years. So whatever they were calling with that night must've been something to really get the aggressive old males out. And, uh, it seemed to work. And especially as the night went on, you know, sometimes like at least in the deer woods, you have times of more activity and less activity. Definitely a night or as the night went on, we got more activity going. So we got back about 3.45 or something, about 4 o'clock, laid my head down to go to bed uh, once we got some pictures taken. But that was that was an awesome, awesome adventure. Man, what what, a, what an experience. I want to do the I want to do the night hunting. I really do. I want to try that out. I don't know if summer's a good time just because the, the crops are up and there's food everywhere. I mean, I don't know. So. Willing to try. And talking to those guys, they said they're going to be, there's a big lull, right, as they're denning and they have the pups. But there's om- almost like a light switch turns on in the spring where they, all of a sudden, they'll be back out and they'll be more aggressive than they've ever been. Uh, they start getting real territorial of the pups. And, yeah, I learned a lot uh, from just being around them. And I've, I've told you before, I'm I'm kind of a, I got to do something to really understand how it works. So oh. that's exactly what I needed was to get out and, and see it. And You're like, it's freaking amazing. I'm contemplating going to my backyard tonight. Do it. Do it. Send some pictures. I'm still, I'm still recovering from the lack don't of be sleep. Sh- don't be shooting dachshunds or anything. No, 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 no. Uh, I will not be doing that tonight because I need to get sleep. There you go. Well, good deal, man. I can't wait to listen to the hog hunting podcast and what a story from the from the Missouri Missouri trip, man. What a, what a group of guys to hunt with. So it was a great crew, and I appreciate Nate, Mike, Andy. Thank you. And uh, yeah, if you, anybody else wants to hear, if you want to hear more about coyote hunting, those guys have a library of um, episodes all over the place on that stuff. So yeah, yeah, they do. But with that, good stuff. Paul, where can we find us? 
Uh, Instagram is the.o2.podcast. You can find the O2 podcast on Go Wild. Find me, Paul Campbell, 322, Paul, season on TikTok. TikTok's been popping off the last couple of weeks. All those turkey videos I've been getting, man. People are loving that. So good, good stuff. Leave us a review. Appreciate the one we just got. Thank you so much, uh, Brandon. Uh, yeah, man. We love doing the show. Love reaching out uh, when, when you guys reach out to us. Thank you so much for the support. Really, really means means a ton to us. The O2podcast.com. Uh, <coughs> and yeah, if nothing else, Paul, we'll be back next week. We, we, we got to do some turkey talking. We do. If you if you want to hear turkey talk, just just search how to hunt turkeys. Uh, it's it's my show on the Sportsman's Empire. That's been really good. I just really the the episode this week is uh, Alex Rutledge from uh, from Missouri, old school turkey hunter. So dude's yeah. awesome. Great yeah. episode. We'll get some more on here as well. But uh, yeah, man, uh, we'll talk to you soon and take care, everybody. Appreciate you. See you guys. way better on their own yeah so we actually we had them down to our other property yeah uh to check it out we were like years, I was, years, I was one that of their, was years ago yeah i was one of their first clients because i had met them when they still worked for grant woods yeah um and so when they split off on their own they were way cheaper than you know, obviously grant. yes and so yeah we were one of their first consultants they're cool guys i just like riding around with them yeah so <laughs> they are cool um man just like the early days of that um growing deer tv that's just so cool yeah like i tune in weekly for that yeah. that's just neat well i think we're we're good to go luke has got some time constraints so we'll get get going here uh what's up guys I'll tell you what not- it's a lot is going on right now <laughs> i know you were gonna say not much oh no there is much yep. my body on. is in shock yeah <laughs> i just took a shower for the first time in two days and it felt great mm-hmm. so um <laughs> But, man, my uh, sleep rhythm's off and everything else. But we're down here in Oklahoma, right? So yeah. We've got uh, Nick Otto from the Hunt of War. Nick. Hey, everybody. And then we've got John Hutspeth from the Oklahoma Outdoors. What's going on, folks? And Luke Hutspeth. Howdy. John's brother. So um, if you guys have followed along at all, like we've been uh, – I've been alluding to my uh, going to Oklahoma. And uh, we're doing a little hog hunting down here to help on the on the farm so this is it this is uh what is it saturday afternoon we're gonna go out to this evening mm-hmm. last night we had a wild ride we'll talk about that in a second but the uh i don't know where, where do we want to start I let's tell talk you about let's talk about what we're hunting mm. yes pigs hogs hogs big ones tanks little ones and little ones, humvees. Still, uh, still had spots. All, still, sometimes the little ones are the funnest ones. Yeah. All, this unfortunate every, little one, he—I mean—he took it right there in the breadbasket. Yeah. I think in, unintentionally. I think we were all aiming at something else, and he was just, yeah, he took it right in the belly. But at you the know, same time, he'll some he'll people eat real feel good. bad for the little ones and stuff. But living here with them, mm-hmm. like this is an extermination thing. Like that's what I've been telling these guys yeah. since they got here. I was like. I know it sounds bad, but like ethics are somewhat out of the. You stop you feeling know. bad for them real fast, mm-hmm. honestly. But when we got down here, when I got down here on Thursday, 
John and I went driving around the pasture and stuff. And so we're, we're on like an 1,100 acre. Mm-hmm. The part uh, y'all were hunting yesterday, just yeah, about cattle, 1,100 acres. Cattle farm. Mm-hmm. And it's a working ranch. And mm-hmm. for a uh, central Ohio boy, this is uh, something I have never seen before. So, But the, the damage those pigs do on, on that farm is unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's nonstop all night long. We saw that last night. but mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, so I, I live here and run the ranch and uh, – we were talking just before we started recording uh, that, like, it's nothing. We've had times where we've had to not cut hay on, what, probably 50 to 100 acres mm-hmm. because we were just going to tear our equipment up once running across that pasture. Once your head hits the top of the tractor so yeah. many times, like, you're, you're done. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Turn it down, huh? Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, they'll, they're just tearing everything up. What, and what are they out there eating? Roots. Yeah, roots, bugs, yeah. grubs, worms. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's kind of little scavengers. Yeah, they'll eat a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have a dead animal, like if we have a lose a calf or something, they it's not unheard of them to, uh, for them to come eat that. They're like, omnivorous. Yeah, so they need to eat everything. They actually prefer stuff that's buried. So when you first plant something, mm-hmm. the the guys that grow corn, we don't grow corn here, um, but we have had it like we out the window of this wheat pasture. We uh, we've we probably we only lost about ten acres of the wheat, but like right after they we planted, you could see where they'll just stick their head, their nose right in that row, and they'll just eat up. They'll just walk down there and eat every single seed out of the ground. It it looks like the field has just been plowed. Yeah, they they literally they find one row and they just go down it, and you know the next one will find the next row, yep. and it's it's crazy. And you were talking about where they eating the. Manure, uh, cow manure. So sometimes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We feed our calves, you know, grain and stuff, and of course they go out there in the pasture and poop it out. And yeah, the hogs will come and dig through that and eat the grain out of the yeah. poop. And, uh, yep. Yeah, that's incredible. And out of the trough, as we saw last night. Yeah, we saw last night. Just mm-hmm. yeah, skip the poop, go right for the chute. <laughs> yeah, we it used, was. We used to have uh, creep feeders that we'd mm-hmm. feed the the calves that are on the cows, and so it's it's basically a feeder that's got this little cage, so the cows can't get in there and eat the feed. Only the calves can. We quit doing it because all we were doing was feeding pigs. Mm-hmm. Like the pigs would just run the calves off, and you want to talk about some easy hunting. <laughs> They'd be in there in that little caged area, wouldn't see you coming. You could walk up five feet from them just start laying waste. It's fun a little bit, but when you start getting the feed bill, you know, you're like, okay, this isn't this is not working out. Right. So. You'd go out there during the day, and you'd see all the piglets underneath the feeder, like, yeah. in the, like using it as shade, yeah. and they'd just be sitting there chilling. Oh, yeah. my gosh. The uh, the crazy part for me is that I've always heard that pigs are taking over the South, but I didn't really understand to what degree. It's mm-hmm. this is insane, and and even Dan was showing us some of the videos from Texas and stuff like that. They're they're everywhere and the mass herds. Uh, and we'll talk about Dan. He had to leave, but the his his video from last night when they were coming into his pen, it was a stampede of of pigs, mm-hmm. not just like a couple. Yeah, just yeah. It's I, nothing to see groups of forty or fifty. Mm-hmm. Like that's not uncommon at all. Yeah, and I showed y'all some videos on my phone before we went out yesterday. Of you know, I just hold my phone one spot and you just see a whole line. You know, yeah. one a pig, parade, just a, a parade and, of them. And last night with the thermal, we were, we saw them coming out of the woods, and it yeah. was just like that. And then yeah, the video that Dan got just like that. You know, they just kind of follow in a single file line, come out. Yeah, and, and you know, they're y'all know, you know, had some experience. They're not super easy to kill. <laughs> Absolutely, um, and they're they're really smart, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I've got stories of just clever things that you've seen them do. 
but there's so many of them they're not that hard to hunt like yeah. we can put you put them on put you on them like almost any time we want you know just they're just everywhere so it was insane um I was gonna ask, from a financial standpoint like how big of a, an impact does that put on your ranch it's hard to calculate exactly um you know some of the farmers that uh when they're out there like re having to replant mm -hmm. you know 20 30 40 acres and their seed cost is is you know 100 150 dollars an acre like they can calculate it pretty closely it's it's a little bit harder for us um just because the you know the grass usually still grows in that spot around that area it's not like we're losing a ton of great of grazing um when we have, you know, 40 or 50 acres of hay that we can't cut, you know, that's going to be two, $300 an acre right there. So it, there definitely is a financial impact. It's just kind of hard to, to put a, a firm number on it. But I would say, you know, at least a couple thousand dollars a year, you know, and stuff like not being able to do certain things like feed those calves that are nursing with their mamas. You know, it's, it's hard to say how much we're losing from not being able to do that. Um, it's almost right. like an indirect effect. It, very much, yeah. Whereas, they're, yeah. yeah, they're not necessarily, you mm -hmm. know, hurting the cattle at all. But at the same time, you know, with hay, yeah. where hay prices are and, like, you get a drought year, yeah. that 40 acres becomes valuable. Yeah. And now you can't even use it. And and little things like, you know, not being able to run your horse wide open across the pasture because <laughs> you're worried about running into these hog wallers, mm -hmm. you know, and, and your horse falling. It's, you know, just stuff like that. It's just a... A huge inconvenience more than anything, yeah. um, but there definitely is. I, I would say, you know, just spitballing a couple thousand dollars a year for us. And like I said, the corn farmers are the ones that have the big, big problems and and losing thousands of dollars a year. Are you, would you say the hogs are the biggest problem for you on the ranch? Yeah, um, yeah the, the biggest environmental. <laughs> yeah, the biggest environmental problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and because we saw a lot of coyotes last night too. Mm -hmm. That was another mm -hmm. one that, and I think you had told, told us that there was uh, you know, four of them had pinned down a calf or something along. Yeah, just uh, two days ago, yeah. mm -hmm. um, the mama was still there, uh, fended them off, and the calf is is fine. I don't know how much longer the mama could have kept them away if I hadn't just randomly been driving by, and my dog was with me. He takes off uh, towards something. I kind of assumed it was a coyote or something. Um, and kind of came around the bend of the creek, and I see one running off one direction. Then I see another one running off another direction, and then I saw two more. And I was like, oh, man, you know, good job, Charlie. <laughs> and then I see this this mama cow at the bank of the creek, and she's kind of huffing and puffing. And I was like, and she, she's kind of acting weird. And I get out, and I look down the uh, creek, and it was probably an eight, ten-foot drop, and the calf is sitting down there. And I don't know if the – the coyotes chased it down there or if, like, off this cliff, basically, or if the mama pushed it down there so it, that she could stay up top and, and fend them off. But, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, you know, I it, again, that's another one that's kind of hard to calculate the how many you're losing, Cause especially, you know, in in the first couple of weeks of a calf's life, that's when they're most likely to, to die of something. And when one does, you know, it doesn't take long for the coyotes to find it. So you can't say that every calf that's been chewed on by a coyote died because of a coyote. Uh, but there there are some where you're like, oh, yeah, that was a kill. Mm -hmm. You know, last year I had um, a calf. That we 
we were calving and there was a, a late freeze. And so I was out there early in the morning trying to um, find any calf that was born to keep it from freezing. He was and, literally uh, bringing them into his house. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is actually a different different, different uh, freeze. Different, That's yeah. another kind of wild story. But, yeah, uh, it's not uncommon to bring them into the house sometimes. And, uh, anyway, I, I saw a calf that had gotten on the wrong side of the fence. When they're that little, it, it happens. Didn't think too much of it. And I was like, oh, I'll finish checking, and then I'll come get it back in. And found one that was not doing well, so I grabbed it. Brought it back to the house, started taking care of it and stuff. And about two or three hours later, I go to take that calf back to its its mama. And the calf on the other side of the fence was, was dead. And I'd seen, like, four coyotes in that pasture that, you know, when I was out checking. And, like, yeah, it got across the fence. Mama couldn't protect it. And, you know, I, did, I didn't jump. take care of it right then. That's on me. Um, but, yeah, so. Did you just roll around with a gun, like, ready to take these things out or? I'm supposed to. I don't all the time. Uh, you know, I've got kids that are riding around with me, and so I don't want to keep a loaded gun in the back. Most people do, right. you know, um, and I do pretty often, yeah. And so the majority, like, I don't do a lot of, you know, coyote hunting. Um, I kill sure. a lot of coyotes just from the nuisance. The gun. Yeah, yeah the nuisance standpoint. The, yeah, out of the truck window. Man. And there's, when we were out last night, I mean, the howling, and they mm-hmm. were everywhere. Yeah. yeah, everywhere, and I think they're cool. I like coyotes. I think they're pretty cool. Like, yeah, I don't mind putting up with them. Like, I mind putting up with the hogs. One, yeah. they're meant to be here. They were always here way before we were. Uh, they're part of the natural uh, ecosystem. That's cool. There's you know some self-regulating stuff there. Um, I just think they're kind of cool. Yeah, I, I you know they get kind of annoying, and and they definitely. They definitely take some calves, um, which is uh, a hit to my pocket. But like, eh. but the pigs—that's the one that it's a way bigger problem than the coyotes. Yeah. Yeah. Way bigger and way more annoying. And and they're not supposed to be here. Like this isn't their natural habitat, you know. Right. Well, do we want to talk about last night's en- endeavors? Let's do it. Well, let's see. Where do we start? I, I'm still trying a, to relive what yeah. it was going on. It was so long. I'll, it was uh, a marathon. I'll, I'll describe kind of the setup first. This is how my daughter would do it, though. She would say, oh. well, f- yesterday, first thing I did is I woke up, and then I came downstairs. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fast forward. All right. All right. So we had we had really good crappie for lunch. That, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll throw that in there. Mm-hmm. And then uh, what, we went out about 4 o'clock? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, about 4 o'clock. And so um, – had all my feeders running, got them running a few weeks ago, kind of get the pup, the pigs used to it. Uh, I have four that are inside hog pens is basically what we call them down here. So they're 16-foot long panels that are 30 inches high. So we build pens around our feeders so that way the deer can easily jump in, but hogs can't get there because they'll, they'll take over a feeder. Yeah, so. and if you, don't have, if you have a feeder without that, like you might as well not yeah. hunt it for deer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I have four with pins and then I have one, I call it my sacrificial feeder and I purposely leave that one unpinned to attract the hogs to keep them away from the other feeders. Uh, but I came up a few weeks ago and, uh, on the four that were, uh, pinned, I basically opened the pins about a foot and a half, drove a T post in the ground and wired them open to where they would only be open about a foot and a half. And that's to let the pigs in and kind of create a bottleneck, but also to keep the cows out because you don't want a, too big of a gap. But, uh, but yeah, my thinking is, and it, it worked perfectly. Um, so you open that up about a foot, foot and a half, 
um, the hogs get used to it. They find that door. You let as many of them come into that pen as possible, and then you you know you get one good shot, and then they're gonna start scattering. So you get one good shot, and they know where that door is, and that's where where they're gonna head to. So it basically just creates a little funneling pinch point to where you just lay the hammer down, and you just keep shooting at that door. In the army, we call it the fatal funnel. Yeah, <laughs> same, same thing. Gotcha. Same that's exactly what it was. Yep. And so, yeah, I knew you two guys were coming pretty far in advance. And then Dan, kind of last minute, decided to come down, which was great. We're, we're referring to Dan Matthews. Yes, Dan the, Matthews. The nomadic outdoors. Yep, yep. Dan Johnson stood us up. Yep. So we'll throw that Ooh, in. We'll throw congratulations him to him on that next baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So basically, yeah, about 4 o'clock. <laughs> the, uh, the feeders were supposed to go off at 5. Uh, mm-hmm. This was, uh, you know, some guiding expertise here. Uh, I set all these timers pre-daylight savings time, uh, and so instead of five, they all went up at six, but we got that figured out, you know, on the fly. So anyway, yeah, we just all took a took a feeder and uh, and settled in for the evening. It was a it was a fine evening, mm-hmm. I would say. And then yeah, when your when your feeders went off, I I unfortunately didn't have any true pigs. I had three uh, trash pandas come up. They looked like they they've also visited your oh, yeah. feeders quite a bit but that was that was my view of the evening mm-hmm. but to hear to to just be sitting there and to have one of the members of our crew at that point just rip shots and have those mm-hmm. ring out across the horizon mm-hmm. that was i mean i was thrilled mm-hmm. that it was working like your plan john just went i mean to a t they came in and yeah dan did a great job yeah. at being able to put those things down the pig that he got, the the big sow that he have, shoot, two hundred plus. Is that what we've I decided? Think, I think we came up with about two forty. It was not light. It was yeah. not a small pig. Yeah, I know Dan's not here to tell his own story. I don't know. If, <laughs> I feel like somebody needs to tell it. Well, I, well, I, you know, when you go on a hunting trip or like what we're doing, and you've got a little group text going, I think that is part of the fun okay. of the entire thing. Uh, so I just want to I want to pull out some of the the, yes. the dialogue from, <laughs> from last night. So let's see. Uh, at 5 o'clock, this is when it started. So we got, we got in at 4. Mm-hmm. John, our guide, uh, we have expert guide service, the Hudspeth guide service, mm-hmm. uh, told us the feeders would go off at 5 o'clock. So at 5 o'clock, we're all discussing uh, uh, the feeder's going to go off or the feeder's <laughs> going to go off. And uh, John says, I thought I thought 5, but maybe I set some of them for 5.30. And at 5.30 goes by, oh, hashtag terrible guide. <laughs> uh, then we've got uh, – Nick, I took a two-minute video waiting for the feeder to go off. <laughs> I'm like, literally holding my phone. Like, I want to have that, like, cool, like, G-G-G-G-G where it goes off. Never came. 5.30, nope, nothing. Nick says, uh, mine's broke, no feeder. And uh, let's see, it was real windy yeah. and, and warm. And for us northerners, that warmth was, woo. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all picked a pretty good weekend to come off. Oh, it's yeah. it's mm-hmm. pretty nice. Yeah, those things, Yeah, they're nice. not uh, box blinds. They are slow cookers. Yeah. That's what those things <laughs> yeah. are. Yeah. So let's see. Then we decided that it was uh, the whole daylight savings yep, time. Yeah, we kind of figured it out. Issue. Oh man! And then I don't know. We were sitting there for a while, and it was. Uh, has anybody seen anything? And uh, you saw a couple turkeys. Yep. Uh, yeah, first two turkeys I've ever seen with my own eyes on our property. So that was yeah. very exciting. And Paul Paul Campbell's turkeys continue mm-hmm. to haunt me because yep. you had said you had never you don't see turkeys. <laughs> um, let's see here. Then the feeders did go off. Dan said he had asked if we'd seen anything. He said, I've seen two turkey vultures. Make that three. Uh, man, what? Oh, you were seeing lots of donkeys. 
Yeah, yep. yeah. Our, a huge, our a huge ass, us, uh, a huge has, ass, if you will. <laughs> he has three donkeys now. Are they on our our side of the fence? No, again? they're on no. his side. No. But oh, this is the line that got me when when Dan says, "This is so weird because the brochure said nonstop hog activity." As <laughs> 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 we've been sitting there for a couple hours with nothing, and John is like, "You didn't read the fine print." So uh, I don't know if I ever admitted this to y'all, but I was like sweating big time because like. These guys came from so far oh, away. Man. They're yeah. down here. Like, <laughs> there was a lot of pressure. Nothing's working. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, we are feeding into all of this. Like, as we are, you'll know, yeah, in the in the group text, like, yes, a lot of heat oh, is sucks. going towards John. <laughs> but it was it was purposeful fun heat. Oh, yeah. that was great, yes. Uh, I had a giant ant, ant hill in my blind. Mm-hmm. Um, then the trash pandas came out. Well, it's. John got up to three donkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan kept telling us he was hearing hogs in the thick cover. Yeah. Um, and then he decided that oh, I'm just just kidding. It's the wind. Uh, Although you can hear them coming from a long ways away. Mm-hmm. Like they're not quiet creatures. I thought he was screwing with us because I didn't believe I did, him at all. Yeah. I was like, nope. Yeah. Nope. Well, you damn it. When he said, that "I think it's the wind," I asked him. I was like, "I can't tell if you're serious or joking." And then he never responded. No. Nope. So I was like, "I still don't know if you're serious." <laughs> and or his, joking. his personality, you don't know that because yeah. he can be really dry uh-huh. sometimes. But uh, we got a picture of a hog on the camera, but that actually was Nick um, as the hog. <laughs> mm-hmm. and Big hams on that one. John tells me that the uh, hogs were at my spot yesterday at about seven fifty, and then I asked him if that was before or after the time change. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oh shoot! And Dan kept saying that the pigs were going crazy, um, and and then I guess basically we'll get into his his shot or his story because the next thing you know it sounded like a war zone mm-hmm. behind me. Um, and he took he has a GoPro video, so I'm sure he'll post that somewhere. But those things came like of mm-hmm. army out of mm-hmm. those woods, just pouring at him in a stampede. That was crazy. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Yeah, he had I want about half the group came into the pen. It was kind of funny. Uh, so I, I didn't have a camera on his spot, so I I didn't know if they were going to be there or not. But we checked it the day before, poured some corn out, extra corn out, and there was no corn on the ground. So like we knew there had been hogs there at some point. We just didn't know day, night, whatever. Um, but I thought it was funny. Like half the group, it's like they didn't know where the hole was. Like par- a bunch of them ran pretty much straight in. A bunch of them kind of ran around the outside trying to figure out how to get in. Um, so he had about half the group in there. I'm going to say eight or nine probably made it inside. And he was right on top of it. And, and yes. So this is, I really have this set up for bow hunting. So the feeders, I want to say like 18 yards. So, I mean, they're right there. Um, and, but there was one big sow in there and some smaller ones. And that sow caught onto him pretty quick. Um, I think she winded him or something. I don't The wind would have been perfect though. Cause that the blind was west of the feeder and it, we had a west wind. Hmm. Um, with as steady as that wind was too, mm-hmm. like whatever scent was at ten feet, mm-hmm. I, it had it would have no chance to drop yeah, unless it was true. like a hundred yards yeah. away. Like I don't care what scent you have, it mm-hmm. is gone with yeah. as strong as those yeah. winds were. You no, know, I know he's in a blind. They also have pretty dang good eyesight though. Like yeah. they're not blind. Yeah. No, and so they can see you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so she she basically looked straight up at him. And started heading for the opening. So he was smart. He kind of knew, you know, that he was afraid. He was afraid she was going to leave and all the small ones were going to follow her. And so he busted her. Well, and uh, oh. just for non-hog hunters, mm-hmm. your instructions to us were oh, yes. the first one. You, those an, These animals are unbelievably tough. Like, mm-hmm. uh, 
But the um, the first one, you need to put it right behind her ear, yeah. right? Or his yeah, ear. if you have, like, if you could pick your shot, yeah, just below the ear, that's that's where you're going to drop them. Yeah, and and so he did, and, man, he put a nice shot on that. Oh, <laughs> okay. it was textbook. And she dropped right there, but all hell broke loose mm-hmm. right after that. And she was heading for that, what you call it, funnel? The, yeah, fatal the, the fatal funnel. funnel. Yeah. She was heading for the fatal funnel. <laughs> I think if she could have gotten a few more feet, she could have really put a clot in that. Yeah. But um, then that's when the fireworks started. Yeah. So he, yeah, he just started unloading, just like I thought. They all started heading for that gate. He dropped a, a little bitty, not a little bitty, but a, deep, a smaller piglet right in the opening. Uh, you can see on the video, all the other hogs are like jumping over, trying to get out. Um, one little one kind of didn't figure it out. He ended up getting that one also. Uh, a couple hit the tree line and stopped. He got another one. Yeah, he got another one back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we ended up finding four. Um, there's a good chance he probably hit more, but we found four, which that's pretty darn good. Like, I think you had asked me, Andrew, like, what would I consider good? You know, if it worked like it was supposed to, kind of in this situation, you had a bunch in there, like what would I, what I would call good as far as, you know, numbers. And I said three. I was like, if you get three out of a setup like this, you're probably doing pretty good. So yeah. four, I'm very happy with that. So, and the, the other thing, those piglets are small. I mean, yeah. you got a 240, 50-pound uh, sow, but then you had piglets, and what do those things weigh, 20 pounds? They're dense. Yeah. Like, I mean, 20, they're no pounds. slouch, but, I mean. 20, 30 pounds. Yeah, yeah 20, 30 pounds of, I want to get out of here, like, mm-hmm. and they, they're quick. Which they, they are, are very quick. The, the, I don't know if it's funny or interesting, but, you know, the big ones, they don't go down easy. The littler ones tended to. We got to end up with three little piglets we uh, did. out of the bunch mm-hmm. last night, and three better size ones but yeah you think the smaller target would be harder to hit but well i think just in that mass chaos like where he's shooting at the door i don't think he was net i don't think he was nearly selecting yeah he was just putting putting yeah. his bead right there on body mass yeah you see a black blob and you just pull the trigger because i mean they're moving all over the place and i'm i know we'll get into it in the middle of the night but or a little a little bit later in the night but our little ambush ambush setup where we thought we had the advantage, turned out that we didn't have any advantage at all, and we were shooting at moving bodies, and mm-hmm. we walked away with one, and it's two, like two. Oh, two. That's yep. right, two. <laughs> yeah. uh, we walked away with two, um, but one of them was little. Oh, he was. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited for Wilbur. We've got big plans for Wilbur. <laughs> he picked it up. He's like, "Ooh, I'm going to spatchcock this it's, one. Yeah, <laughs> it's like a chicken. <laughs> it's it'll be good. But I I tell you what, like. In that in that moment, like you are, you're just you're just putting your bead on bodies, and yeah, like little Wilbur jumped in the way of the whole firefight, and I wasn't, I don't think anybody else saw him. Mm-hmm. It was just he happened to be in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Dan mowed him down. Mm-hmm. We found a four. We loaded him up. Went and had grabbed dinner real quick, mm-hmm. and we came back out. Yep. Uh, so now we're in. It's dark. Mm-hmm. We're thermal hunting. We've got two thermal setups, and then uh, you know the other two guys are kind of doing what they can to help on that end. But uh, let's see. I guess my that first pig I shot at was. Yeah, so we saw the one at the trough, and we're not sure if that's the one you shot or not. Right. We saw that one. So we were uh, – so my my thermal can clip on and off my gun. So I take it off and kind of use it as a handheld to scan as we're driving around. Um, so, yeah, we saw one literally eating out of one of the cattle troughs. Uh, tried to get on it. It saw us, spooked off. So we went around, went through a gate into that pasture. And uh, I think we we saw a single back on the hill. 
and then as we were watching it, we saw some more coming out. So the, the you know they in their little line. Yep, there was another but parade they, that was coming. Yeah, in. holy but, smokes! But I were, bet you there was fifteen in that one. They were probably a good four hundred yards away and across a, a decent sized creek. And so as we're sitting there trying to figure out what we're going to do, somebody scanned to the left, and we see a really big boar, and much closer. Um, and so yeah, I'll let it's, you hard, it's hard to see the depth perception on mm-hmm. the thermal stuff, yeah. um, but. Yeah, it was a big bore. And really? you and I hopped out, right? We were trying to get you set up, and we were going to do a 3-2-1. I don't know what was happening. I don't think we had his gun. I think nope. I was still holding it. I we pulled we... back because you were set. Yeah, uh-huh. You were ready to go. You were still holding on to the thermal, and it was like, well, what do we do? And it's like, go, Andrew, go. You're, yeah. you're set up. You're ready to go. Because um, at that point, I was just trying to, like, at that point, I had no thermal. I'm looking into the dark, mm. and I'm literally going off of what people are saying, yeah. like what they're seeing. Yeah. Having no thermal when we're doing, you know, lights out and only thermal can kind of stink because, yeah, you're just yeah. kind of listening to the people talk about it and describe it. I'm and you're painting like, hey, my own yeah. image. Yeah, yeah you're like, like you're looking that direction, but you don't even know what you're looking Unfortunately, at. Unfortunately, we're not big money enough to yeah. have <laughs> a separate thermal yeah. for everybody. No, the stupid part was I, sh- I should have put it on my phone, and somebody could have oh, been yeah. watching. I didn't even think about that yeah. until after the fact, mm-hmm. but – um, so there's big boar. I don't know how many yards. We'll say 150, 200 yards. And when I shot three three times, I think, and you could Several. hear it yeah, smack I, mean, you could hear I think you put smack. four into it. But it was, I mean, shoot, you'd hear the crack of you, and then you'd just hear that thump, thump, mm-hmm. thump every time you put a, put a bullet in him. And he just kept, just kept he on just running. Kept, <laughs> yeah. And at one point, I think you had hit him. You'd hit him at least two, maybe three times. He kind of went behind a cedar tree. And then popped out in an opening, and I mean, you could tell he was struggling. And he literally, like, I, I so I was watching him through mine. Yeah, he sat down, like he was hurting bad. And you hit him again, and I just expected him to flop over, and he just got up and kept on trucking. Oh. And yeah, by this time he's pretty far away. He had dropped down into a little draw, and so we we jumped in the truck and and drove up there, flew up there, and we spotted him basically right as he was about to head into the, into the thick stuff. On the neighbors, uh, so I can't. I think yeah, you tried to shoot from there. one or two more times, but I have no idea how far that was. Yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't happening. Yeah, and what what caliber were you shooting? Six five Creedmoor. Yeah. So and that, I think my I have ninety five grain bullets might be a little bit, for, especially for a pick that big, might be a little bit mm-hmm. light. But I mean, that's what most people use mm-hmm. or that or you know a lot of guys use the you know just AR two forty three. Yeah, two two three. Yeah, yeah, two, two, three. Um, that works if you're real close. Yeah. You know, it, when you're hunting them over a feeder or something like that, you can really crank out a lot of rounds. Like, you get lucky, basically. But trying to do anything at any kind of distance, like a hundred yards, like you need a pretty, you need some lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. So he got away, and um, I don't know where do we go next from there. We, so we had kind of lost track of that group that we had saw. Uh, and so we went back around past the house and into the back pastures, hoping to find that group. Uh, we didn't find them. We, we, you know, we weren't paying attention to them when we started shooting. So we guess they probably went back into the woods. Um, we headed towards the back. We, oh, coyote. You got yep. your, you got your coyote. Got, yep. Got the coyote. Uh, we were just, I was just driving around scanning and all of a sudden there's a coyote 40 yards from the truck. I think there's two of them. And that, that yeah, was there interesting was two. too, right. because they were right in the middle of the cows. So that's yeah. the other thing. 
For when you're scanning <laughs> yes. the thermal and, and you're like looking for little white dots, but then all of a sudden there's like a lot of white dots, and you realize, oh, these are these are big cows, and those yeah. are little calves, and yeah. don't shoot those yeah. because uh, there's you know a couple things you're not allowed to shoot out there. Right, it was deer cows and cows. Deer and those cows. were off yeah. limits. That was my two things. Big time. Right. Yep. That was one rule. He had one rule: no deer, no cows. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so we went further back. Uh, towards a pasture we call the cemetery, where Luke here had been plowing the last couple of days. So actually, two level hog ruts mostly. Yeah. Um, and hogs love that fresh turned dirt, so that's why we were headed back there. And I see one lone figure. I actually thought it was a deer at first, mm-hmm. um, but he, he turned just a little bit. Realized it's a hog, and uh, so I was like, "All right, Nick, like your turn." And so oh, this is funny. we, uh, so I put the thermal on the gun, uh, and I'm holding it just so I can kind of, you know, judge distance and stuff. And so I'm, I'd walk maybe 15 yards, check still there, walk another 15 yards, check still there. And so we got up to, I'm, I'm going to say 80 ish yards. And, uh, there was a, a fence between him, uh, him and us. And so we get up pretty close to that fence. I'm checking things out and I, I see him kind of turn broadside and I, I know he doesn't see or smell us, but just, that's just a good shot. And I figured we were close enough. So getting it, I have a bipod. Um, it's got the little trigger thing so you can adjust it real easy. So I get Nick set up on the, on the tripod or bipod. And I don't know, you want to tell it or you want me to? I, I mean, as you're, as you're doing all this, like at one point you did say like, Hey Nick, I can hear you breathing, man. Yeah. Like <laughs> you, you, you can calm down. We, we got the, we got you. And I was just like, I've never done this before. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like I'm like, I'm like, I'm getting called into the big game right mm-hmm. now. Like you're up kid, like get mm-hmm. this done. So there was, I felt the pressure. Um, again, something completely new. I'm shoot night hunting. is just something I've never, never had the opportunity mm-hmm. to do. And so it was just real exciting. So yeah, get myself back in order. We're creeping up on it. And we were coming up on the fence, and I never even thought about how, like, how this was even going to come into play. But set up on the bipod, I'm putting my the little electronic cursor. I'm putting that right on the pig, and I'm doing my best to steady that in there. I'm kind of like drawing on my archery training, like settle yourself down. And I pull that trigger, and I think I send off a great shot. And you hear this. Pew! <laughs> As my bullet connects with a sixteenth of an inch piece of barbed wire yep. that's just hanging just there, so I didn't ask y'all. Do I need to go fix that? I I don't know. <laughs> like, did y'all take care of it's that? A top or? wire. I was okay. good, yeah. I uh, I I may I may have killed one uh one pig on the whole night, and I did kill a, a barbed wire fence. So that was <laughs> yeah. that was what I got. So the pig kind of looks up, like, "Hey, what was that?" And then takes off. Yeah, it takes off, and then so I'm I'm borrowing a gun from from John here, and so like I'm. Blaming I'm the still guide. Loose. Yeah, blaming the guide. I should have paid for that Texas guy. This whole <laughs> guy. Tell you what. Um, but anyway, I, I I rip out another shot, and then I go to follow up shot, another one, and the gut jams. Um, because because it's not my platform, I'm, I'm trying to pull on everything that's on there, and finally John pulls it from me, re racks, puts it back in my hand, and I think at this point I had dropped the bipod, so I'm now mm-hmm. free shooting. Um, I think I got another shot on. Uh, Andrew stepped in. He was pu- uh, putting some backup on me, mm-hmm. really trying to get this pig to go down, and it didn't slow down. It, it was yeah. just running. Even again, we got three on him. We hit. You could hear the thumps. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was hitting them. Big pig. Yep. Big pig. And mm-hmm. I tell you what, yeah, when you hit a barbed wire fence, like that's not a good sound to a pig. So <laughs> yeah. he he launches off, and it. I, I by no means did I feel like it was a low experience. Like again, it was just like absorbing knowledge, just trying to figure this stuff out. Um, but 
to just be able to to get on them and have the opportunity was was good. But yeah, after a while, it was like frustrating that man, you know, we were, we were still sit, I, at that point. I was still sitting with a goose egg, mm-hmm. um, not to feel like I was bringing the team down, but it was like, damn. All right, bring in the big gun. Mm-hmm. Bring it. You know, where's our trigger, man? Let's get something done. <laughs> the uh, should we fast forward to the ambush? Yeah, go for it. All right, because at that point we kind of just rolled around looking for stuff. And I don't know that we got any. We, we tried here. a few like coyote calls, calls but yeah. didn't didn't really have any luck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it was. <laughs> oh yes, the night hunting, which is is <laughs> totally new to me. I'm still. I'm. I think I like it. I'm not usually a night person, but it was three o'clock in the morning. Uh, yeah, like two forty-five, something like the X. Around two thirty, you could see everybody's momentum was dropping a little bit. Everybody was getting a little tired. I had already cracked a Red Bull, right? Uh, so yeah, it was getting pretty late. We were we were just about ready to call it. And then your then your phone goes mm-hmm. off that there's hogs at the far back feeder. Yeah, which just for listeners, so this is like a mile, almost a mile and a half from the house. Like it's back there. I, you got to go through like seven gates. So it's not like you just run back there real quick. It's not an easy mile either yeah. because of the gates and the mm-hmm. terrain and mm-hmm. everything up. And yeah. Down you got to cross a pretty good Creek, go up a pretty steep, two hill. pretty good creeks. Yeah. Yeah. And we were driving your truck. Yep. <laughs> um, because it was actually quieter than the side by side and stuff. Um, to have the lights out as much as possible. Anywho, we got them on this camera and the, the far back feeder, so we drove as far as we could. Then we got out, walked, crept up. We thought we were creeping, mm-hmm. at least. We were. And, this, and I feel – Dan even mentioned, like, hey, like, we're not going to get skylined, are we? are we? And I was like, you know, moon's not that bright. Uh, they're in you – know, they're at the feeder. They've been there for a while. They'd already been there 15, 20 minutes. You know, they were there. They were comfortable. So I felt pretty good about – you know, not being seen. The wind was perfect and everything. So we get up to where pretty close. We can see him. Y'all both look through the thermal. And I don't have a thermal at this point. I, Nick has it. And so I'm, I, like, I can't really see what's going on, which I think also kind of hurt us. Uh, so, yeah, y'all look, and y'all are both like, holy crap, holy crap. They're leaving. They're <laughs> and, uh, not They're not, well, not yet. Well, not yet. Yeah, but y'all could just see how many there oh, were. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Y'all kept there was so many, and it was just, they were moving. Yeah, there was just this moving, like this yeah. buzz. I don't think we had seen them actually, like, try to take off at that point. Yeah. But I was but like, we, shoot, here so we are. We weren't into my food plot yet. We were still where the grass was pretty tall. But there was one decent-sized tree that I wanted to get past because I didn't want y'all to start shooting and that tree get in the way. Well, once we pass that tree, then we're out in the open. And, yeah, I guess we got skylined to where we weren't – I mean, there was stuff behind us, but we just got out in the open where they could see us. And all of a sudden I hear y'all like, they're moving, they're moving. I was like, all right, go for it, go for it. And the pig parade back to the deep cover began. Yep. And then – all hell broke loose. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, I I was pulling that trigger as fast as I, as fast as I could. <laughs> I think I had I, at that note I knew where the lever was, so I you know racked, re-racked when I have the one jammed up. But I I ended up finishing off my magazine, mm-hmm. um, and with with I think a pig that I was still tracking. Like he was going off. He actually he was going right, uh, with the group, and then I think he got hit by somebody. Maybe me, maybe Andrew. But anyway, turned him around. So he's going the other way. For the it was you and me that killed these pigs. Absolutely, it was not Dan Matthews. <laughs> no, no, okay. no. Dan tried. So I, I had my big uh, flashlight, and I'd given Dan my AR with a red dot, so it's not thermal. But the plan was once once you guys started uh, shooting, I was going to turn the light. And just so you guys know, I don't know if y'all knew this or not. When when we heard they started running, Dan's yelling at me, turn the light on, turn the light on. And I did not. I did not. I was yes. like, no, like let the thermal guys start because I didn't want them to spook even worse. Thank so, you for that handicap. So I, let I appreciate you, yeah, that. Yeah, I let you guys start shooting, and then I hit the light. 
Yeah, and so then they all start the max, mass exodus. We start throwing lead at them. You found Wilbur. Found Wilbur. Pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Little pig. Just a little guy. But then we could hear crashing. It's still in the, in the brush. And hindsight, this might be one of the dumbest things I've ever done in my life. I could almost equate it to, like, John's setup where there's the feeder and there's the pen around it and there's a little doorway. And a bunch of pigs go in there that are just, like, they're, not, they're just thinking about the corn. They're not thinking about the danger. And the smart ones stay back. They're like, eh, I'm not buying this. Right. So when a pig crashes through a fence and into this just, I mean, wall. Hellhole. Yes, wall of thorns and things that want to stick you. Two, he, uh, yeah, two people go through that to go find an injured pig. That we have no idea how big this is. Uh, no idea. You have zero information. You are totally blind. There were some brutes in Pretty that much crawling too. on their hands and knees. Right. Yeah. And, and like, they can be dangerous. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. My, meanwhile, the two smart ones stayed outside of that fence. <laughs> and they, I'm not buying this. I'm not heading in there. But So Dan Dan and I go in, and it is thick. And, like, you're kind of trying. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It was just dense. And uh, we are seeing intestines hanging on branches and stuff. We're like, okay, somebody back here is hurting. And uh, I don't know. Like, we just kept pushing. And it kind of opened up. I, that, I use that term really loosely because it wasn't <laughs> open. But enough where you could at least stand up straight. And then um, I think I was about five yards ahead of Dan, and he goes, don't effing move. And I'm like, okay. He's like, it's right next to me. It's looking at me. And it's there's a pig that's laying like five feet from him, just sitting there looking at him, wheezing. And all of a sudden he's like, shit, my gut's jammed. And I give that dude a ton <laughs> of credit because I have no – I can't see the pig, but he sitting there – re-racking his gun, trying to get the jam out, makes it happen, puts the bead on it, pulls the trigger. It takes off running. It probably went like 15, 20 yards up into the right towards you guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Dan actually had had you guys move down a little bit yeah. and be ready. So, we like, could, I mean, y'all were probably within 30 yards of us, yeah. but we could barely see each other's even so lights. Yeah. Even, like, barely see, even see our headlights. The, the thermal's worthless. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there thinking, oh, well, we'll be able to pick up the heat. No, there it was so dense, the vegetation, and without leaves or anything. I mean, the cedars, and I, they had their mm-hmm. foliage, but, like, it was still, it was incredible. So Dan shoots this pig. It takes off going towards you guys. Again, we're basically can't move in there. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, when when that pig takes off, you know, John and I are just kind of waiting for you guys to come oh, back yeah. out. And you had gone to get, or someone said, "Hey, go get the thermal." So I run back, grab the thermal, and I'm I'm heading back. You guys are directing us around. Crack goes off. There goes the there goes the shot, and the pig comes at us. We have flashlights. John pulls his pistol. Because we think this thing's coming out. I have a thermal in my hoodie pouch. I'm holding a flashlight. I don't have a firearm. Boom. I got my knife. <laughs> I, got the, I got the gut hook. Sweet and I'm Bobby. like, I'm, this is what I got. I'm, I'm going to do my best. So I was going to take the low road, and John was going to take the high road in case this thing was coming. But it ended up that John hands me the flashlight. So now I'm the flashlight guy with a knife. <laughs> and all I just basically relied on John at this point. If this pig comes back out, we need all the Glock that he had at and that point. We still don't know how big it is. Like, yeah. it wasn't. Dan looked at it. Well, he did get a, you know a little bit of a look at. It. He goes, "I don't think it's that as big." He's like, "I think it's about seventy pounds," which I think is probably pretty accurate to what it ended up being. Yeah. But still, at that point, we're not sure. 
it moves closer to you guys. You can hear it kick in. We don't want to push in on it too hard. So I think then we had you guys. You're like, uh, so we finally were able to see it after because y'all y'all started trying to push it out, and he came to the edge, and I I finally saw it and climbed through the fence and was finally able to dispatch it. Which that pistol of John's, like we all have the stories of the pig that just won't go down. John has an amazing skill for being able to kill pigs, like in just the weirdest circumstances. And I've seen him. I was riding along. And, like, there's just a dead pig. We were working cows early in the morning, and there's, like, a dead, I heard some weird shots, and there's a dead pig along the, the little path and stuff. And and I was like, what the heck happened? He's like, oh, I saw a pig. I pulled out. He has this, like, concealed carry 9 mil. And he just sticks it out the window and shoots it, kills two pigs. And you're <laughs> Drive like, by, shoot. I was like, I thought they were <laughs> supposed to be hard to kill. He's like, I don't know, man. So I just, <laughs> I, yeah, it's, it's a weird. I wish I was as good at killing deer as I was hogs. Yeah. I just have some kind of weird skill. So, at this point, though, that pig had been hit once on the parade out. Mm-hmm. Once Dan shot it in the face, trying to end it right there. It gets to you. You put either two I or ended, three. I ended up putting two in it, I think. Two. Mm-hmm. So, that I know. I think we ended up with four or five shots that took to, to kill mm-hmm. that pig. Yeah. Like, it's a 70-pounder. It wasn't mm-hmm. even a, a 400-pounder. Like, that is a tough freaking animal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And your shots were point blank, basically. Yeah. I mean, it was insane. Yeah. That solidified to me, like, how tough these animals were. Of course, my wife was giving me hell this morning. What do you mean you shot it four times and didn't die? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> look, look, you don't understand. And mm. for us who never deal with them, like, you don't until we were butchering them. Then I was like, oh, this is why. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I I am sitting on a number. I, w- I was putting my blades onto some steel, uh, trying to bring that blade back up. But a couple of them are just duller than dull now. Getting through that hair and hide is detrimental to any steel that you're putting onto it. Whatever whatever hardness you're throwing on, if you've got super hard blade, doesn't matter. It's going to roll that thing over. Um, man, just cutting them things up was, was hard. Yeah. And then what I was hoping to is trying to get rid of the hair um, for a number of reasons. We, were, we started out by torching them, which is going to be a great story for later. Um, but... Shoot, getting the tip of your blade to go through that hide and then be able to just, like, to slide it up, even to open up and gut them out is is a lot of work. Yeah, yeah, that's no joke. So, um, Luke, thanks. Appreciate yeah. it. Thank you, guys. The, uh, well, we're, we'll wrap up here, too, because uh, we're going to get ready to go back out. Mm. So that was that was the, the first big night. And what, we ended up back here about 5 a.m.? Yeah, I think so. By the time, so, like, I think the, that camera went off about – 245 or so we got back there probably a little after three and then yeah after the tracking and you know beating the brush and everything like that yeah we got back here and then dan wanted to go looking looking at that first field again oh that's right yeah yes i think all of us were definitely ready to crawl into bed and dan's just like this is the best night of my life <laughs> he's like it's he's better like, than yeah, sex yeah he's, he's like he's like i need one more he's like i need one more something whatever it is i need one more something and so yeah he convinced us to make one more and uh, of course there world. was one out and, there and yeah same trough as earlier probably a different pig but same trough uh yeah we see it and he didn't he didn't get a shot right not initially, think, but eventually he did. Okay, he yeah, yeah. He he was just about to shoot when it was. I think it had its front feet up in the trough yeah. eating, and he was just about to shoot, and it got down and took off. And yeah, we chased it a little bit, but not much. I, 
uh, yeah, I wasn't about to uh, open that gate again. And thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. So, so yeah, yeah. Nick was very, very quiet on the drive home. Oh my goodness! I think I, I think I dozed off a couple times. It's mm. only like seven miles for us to get back, and I, yeah. I remember somebody making a comment like, "Man, Nick, you're real quiet." Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, yes, mm-hmm. I am. Yeah, funny. So, well, we'll go out and give it hell again tonight, mm-hmm. and uh, see what we come up with. But uh, good job, gentlemen. John, we yeah. thank you. Uh, yeah, it. thank oh, you so yeah. much for sure, Nick. For all sure. your culinary, everything, and I'm just long here for the ride. So. Hey, the, the coolers are filled. We put, we got those pigs put on ice. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be good eating. Good. So, all right, we'll talk to you.